0: Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, The Valley Comes Alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkinpower.com.au. Talk
1: and Power podcast episode 77. I had to really think about that, didn't I? Yeah, you I? struggled there oh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back, guys. We are back, back for. 2020, refreshed and energised ready to go. And you're blowing oh. farming off the death. Yeah, and Nick, oh, when you did the
2: sound check there, did you, did you do your own levels? <laughs> I probably didn't talk to that much. I think you punctured both my eardrums. <laughs> Happy New Year, Nick. Yeah. Happy New Year to all you guys as well and uh, to all of our listeners. It's great to be yeah. back in the studio. Yeah, yeah. it's been... There's any uh, hearing institutes that are interested in coming on board? Please get in touch. Yeah. Sorry about that. My apologies. I was just a bit a bit
1: excited to be back. Anyway, episode seventy-seven. Here Did we last are. Mustang win win again. Yeah. No, no. no, no that's, uh, we'll talk about supercars a little bit later. Hey, um, big news that's happened over the weekend. Mark McGowan has made an announcement um, in terms of uh, classic car or uh, cars that are over thirty years of age. In terms of their registration, so the state government will be offering a 75% discount on registration for classic vehicles. But, But
2: it comes with a few conditions small, minor conditions that mean that you possibly will never be able to drive your car on the road ever, and you need to have possibly a day off work every year mm. so you're really not saving anything and it basically means that you're paying registration for a car you can no longer drive but hang on a second I know I know, the, I know I know i'm know. i being harsh but my i'm going to play the devil's advocate here as i always do
1: on the podcast were they lobbied heavily by the car clubs <laughs> <laughs> that's his thought on that uh, todd what do you think were they lobbied heavily by the car clubs here and what they were trying to say? they yeah. were but is it the car cl- it's the
2: car club's best interest in in in, in imp- implementing this model they were lobbied with all good intentions by reputable car clubs and and the reasoning behind it was to get these modified cars on the ve- on the road at a reduced registration and have people go through the process yeah. of getting them licensed properly mm-hmm. rather than you know having two vehicles that are the same color or whatever other dodgy manners uh, are being used at the moment. Instead, I, we, we... I want to stop
1: you there. I think, I think that's been cleaned up quite significantly in recent years.
2: Yeah, um, anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> what they've ended up with is a piece of junk. I have not spoken to a single person that is going to adopt this. Because the first problem with this is, most car clubs don't have car shows. The second thing is, when they have a club event, they normally get together somewhere like, for example, the uh, Tickford Owners Club I used to get together, I don't know where they get together now, but they used to get together at, Tick, at uh, Titan Ford mm. and have a club meeting there. Now, seriously, you're going to go and drive your car to Titan Ford and back? You know, it's not even, a, it's just a meeting to catch up and talk business and maybe organise where the next bunning Sausage sizzle's is going to be. Mm. You know what I mean? This is not what it was meant to be. What it was meant to be is, hey, we've got these cars that are worth in excess of a hundred thousand dollars, modified or otherwise. We're only going to drive them a handful of times a year. Give us a reduced red joke. I, I don't even know of clubs like how many car shows do we have in West Australia? three, four? Oh, there's a lot of
1: little little car shows, but you're talking like motivation style car shows yeah. probably and,
2: and none of those or you know motivation used to be associated with a car club mm. right. West Coast Nationals isn't associated with the car club. Power Cruise isn't associated with the car club. So the all-Ford Day is. So if you're a member of the Ace Ford Club, you can drive to the all-Ford Day and back. Wow. That's a good reason to get the reduced regio. Here's my my point of view as an owner of one of these cars that
1: falls into that scheme. I like, last Sunday was a perfect example. I'm at home. With the kids and wife, we thought, oh, let's just go for a drive. Jumped in the car, went for a drive. I can't do that under this. I'll pay full rego. No, banks.
2: that's right. Same, yeah, same. Pay full I, I have at least three vehicles that are eligible under this scheme. Mm. And there is no way in the world I would consider switching. Because when am I going to drive it? Mm. Yep. When am I going to drive it? I'm not going to get the opportunity to drive it. So what's the point of having the car? I might yeah. as well deregister it.
1: Mm. No, and it's not going to win them. The, 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 it's kind of a double-edged sword for, for the McGowan because I've seen a lot of commentary from ordinary, I call them the ordinary people, people that aren't interested in cars or have no... And they're quite annoyed or upset by the fact that now there's a 75% discount being handed out to car enthusiasts. Mm. There will always be those people. There will always be those people. So it's a kind of a double-edged sword for, for the McGowan team. Um, I... I, it, it's no good to me, but that's just my personal opinion. But as an owner of a vehicle that falls into that category, no, I see no, no, there's no nothing. benefit for me whatsoever. No,
2: you might as well deregister it.
1: Yeah. Yep. Anyway, it looks like I'll be paying full rego for some time. So, so
2: time. if that's the case, and we all agree that you know, basically, ninety percent of these car clubs don't have any events at all. Yep. Right, and that ten percent have maybe one a year. And an Ace Ford Club is a good example because mm-hmm. that is a, a well-established club that Ford uh, used to be once every two years, I believe, the show. But anyway, nonetheless, mm. it's the All Ford Day is an established event, well-known event. They alternate now; it's a cruise one year, show in the other. Yeah, year. yeah. Okay, so so that means right your $748 rego that you would normally pay, mm. right? Or GT, whatever, 839 mm. okay? That's for 365 days a year. So let's let's, yeah. let's round that up and we'll say it's $2 a day, right? Really, if this was an honest attempt, the rego should be four bucks.
3: Yeah, no, I'm, I actually- <laughs> Should <laughs> yeah, be. It
2: should. So not 75%, should be $4. You only get to drive it one day. Yeah. So- nah anyway you heard it here yeah. anyway yeah, i read with interest actually
1: and as I was, I was telling you there's a there's a tweet here i'm not going to say his name but he's a well-known well-known no i'm not going to say anything anyway he wrote a tweet <laughs> to read it uh wa to subsidize a hobby collecting polluting vehicles instead of looking to the past let's look to the future how about a discount on Reggio for electric cars? Oh, now this this so, is oh. so far fifteen major cities banning cars to reduce pollution. So I'm
2: not going to say his name. Yeah, that's that's is. that's awesome. Great segue. <laughs> great segue. Uh, we we are we cutting to a break. Or yeah, I kick off.
1: No, I think we'll we'll cut here and uh, we'll <laughs> we'll kick off nice and fresh right after this. Hi, this is Nick from the Talk and Power podcast. You can catch us every Saturday morning from eight thirty a.m. to ten a.m. on eighty-eight point five FM. We talk all things motorsports. Okay, episode seventy-seven. and We are off to a flyer. We are all a work, bit worked up here. I'm worked up, a bit worked up. Worked <laughs> hey, up. Uh, look, let's let's. Well, I'll let you fill in the background. You tell us. You you pointed myself and Todd to a podcast from the well, very well known and respected, still respected. Dr. Carl Krizon, how do you say surname?
2: Oh, who cares? Dr. Carl, anyway. So basically, Dr. Carl announced recently that Daimler had abandoned the internal combustion engine development to focus on electric vehicles and has also been joined by Volkswagen and Volvo. In other words, Dr. Carl's announcing that the end of the internal combustion engine is nigh. Um, now Dr. Carl refers to himself as a bit of a rev head now, I used to work at SBS, as many people know, and uh, Dr. Carl used to drive like a late 70s Volvo wagon, hardly the vehicle of choice back then for a rev head. Uh, you know, as we would all know, SPs, Monaros, that type of thing were more what rev heads were driving. I know Volvos are cool now, uh, particularly if they're fitted with two JZs or turbocharged LSs, but unfortunately, uh, stock Volvo's are still a piece of shit. Not even so, as
1: not even as cool as a Robbie Francis, no 85
2: champion. No, anyway. So, so moving on, moving on. Um, I am a number cruncher, as everyone knows. So, I um, I thought that I would go and test the EV versus petrol uh, debate that we hear so much bullshit about. Mm-hmm. And the facts are as follows. Number one, I used the most efficient EV that's on the market. Mm-hmm. Can't buy it in Australia as far as I know. It's the Fiat 500E, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it has about as much space internally as the glove box on most cars, right? Mm-hmm. And and I used the most efficient uh, fuel-burning vehicle, which is available in Australia, and that's the Mitsubishi Mirage, mm-hmm. believe it or not, yep. which oh. is, is, you know, quite a... a Decent sized small car. Yeah, it's not epically small um, And it's kind of almost on the verge of being a crossover to an suv in it has a more upright design Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's surprising that it's it's as fuel efficient as it is, right? So this is the problem that we have in this country Every state has its own method of power generation and if you compare state to state with the fuel burner versus the ev You'd be shocked to find out that you're better off, if you want to save the environment, burning petrol than you are plugging in the wall, right? In states like Victoria, it is almost double the CO2 emissions from the electric vehicle than it is from the petrol burner. Now, South Australia is really green. Unfortunately, though, when South Australia runs out of Tesla battery packs, they plug into the Victorian grid. So Hmm. the reality is, if you want to save the planet, don't buy an EV. Now, that's the first problem. The next problem is, currently, our petrol, 41 cents out of every litre, is paid to the government in a form of fuel excise, which is then distributed for the roads, right? So we effectively, the more fuel we burn, the more we pay for our roads. So the guys driving around at Teslas are actually ripping all of us off. Until the government puts up the registration of EVs to about you know two, three thousand dollars, four thousand dollars, because think about it, forty one cents in every litre. You work out how much fuel you use in a week, mm-hmm. in a month, in a year. Well, you need to tack that onto the registration of an EV, mm. right? Now they're not going to do that. But if Labor gets in in the future, right? They're not going to do that because they're going to be saying no, 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 EVs. Have to be cheaper we need to entice people well that's great who's going to pay for the shortfall so i did a lot of number crunching thinking about this because i genuinely do care about the environment but i'm sick and tired of listening to the bullshit. so here are the facts right and this is the no bullshit. anyone can look it up on the internet you can fact check it as much as you want this is the reality right number one australia's total co2 emissions accounts for about one percent of the global emissions right? So the rest of the world is is, uh, responsible for the 99%. We're about 1%. We actually used to be less than 1%, okay? You'll hear the climate activists talk about our per capita, you know, oh, we're the worst per capita, and we're third worst in the world per capita. That's because we've got so many autonomous vehicles running on mine sites. That's the reality, right? Mining, mining trucks in particular, diggers, front-end loaders, and uh, haul trucks, accounts for 40% of Australia's CO2 emissions. 40%. So mining activity, which only employs 135,000 people in this country, right, which would be a a shock to a lot of the listeners, because you listen to Rio and BHP, it's like everyone works for them. No, no, no. no. 135,000 people are directly employed by the mine. I'm sure that there's other businesses that you know get work from mining but directly employed it's only 135,000 whereas the auto industry you start taking in the people that deliver the fuel the service stations the automotive repair shops the transmission shops the exhaust shops the clutch and brake specialists the people that manufacture those components it's up around 2 million people in australia right so if you want to fix the co2 problem if you want to meet the, the the targets and exceed them. Mining's where you need to look. Now, we look at the big polluters in the globe. The biggest polluter is China. Mm. 27.7%, nearly 30%, nearly double of the next big polluter, which is the USA at about 15%. So anyone out there that wants to dribble shit about how Teslas are saving the world, think about this. Even if you were right, you still got to get rid of those batteries. I've got engines that are 100 years old at my workshop and still (laughs) run. Still run to this day, right? And probably will still run in 100 years' time. If you maintain an internal combustion engine, it will last virtually forever. There are only minor seals that will need replacing. A lithium-ion battery pack can only be charged so many times before it's scrap. And if you think you've got problems with plastic now... Which i might add come from china Mm -hmm. think about the problems you're going to have getting rid of lithium-ion battery packs think about all the pollution you're going to create think about all the energy all the co2 emissions that you're creating to make that battery pack these are all the things that these people are not thinking about the car is not the problem now i will add some people
1: might want to follow up and check Check numbers. They can go to the Department of Environment and Energy National Greenhouse Accounts Factor document. That can be found at the www.environment.gov.au, and you can find it from there, uh, or send us a message, and we can send you that. That's that's the. You know when you when you message me about this, Simon. I must admit, I thought no, nah, I think I can't believe that the fee of five hundred is is. Um,
2: the most efficient oh and that's another thing too the most efficient EV what do you reckon the range is well I know I know the answer fully, a fully charged battery you get 130 whopping k's yeah <laughs> and it takes if you plug it in the wall it takes a day and a half to charge yeah <laughs> but this is that this is what what kind of amazed
1: me I didn't realize how the, the discrepancy from state to state but I think your numbers were actually wrong Okay. You actually... You actually... The numbers you gave us were actually... Better? I, were they better? Yeah, they, were. <laughs> they were. better.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They, were, they were actually
1: better when I worked it out. And I'll explain to you off air where, where you made a mistake. Victoria is uh, still terrible. Yeah, yeah. But I think most of the states... With the exception of South Australia, you're better off with the Mitsubishi yeah. Mirage. No,
2: you, mm-hmm. I, I knew that. Look, the, the, the maths that I did, I tried to take the best case scenario because I know there's going to be some schmuck professor who's going to go, oh, no, that's not true. That's mm-hmm. not true. The reality is I didn't even allow for the loss between the PowerPoint and and the battery pack because there's, there's a, a, a law called the conservation of energy And and every time you do something to it, you lose a little bit. So all the maths that I did was assuming that you had 100% efficiency charging that battery. And you don't have 100% efficiency. But, right, engineers, because they're, you know, particularly electrical engineers, a little bit strange. (laughs) They would probably try and argue that, yeah, but maybe not now, but in a million years time, we'll have superconductors that can charge batteries in 30 seconds flat and use no energy other than the energy they use to charge the battery. Till we can generate the power, zero emission, then the rest of it's all bullshit. Mm. And you still got the problem that you've got to make the car somehow. You know, if you genuinely care about the environment, what you need to do is not buy a new car, right? You need to keep old cars like your 1970 Falcon and my 65 Chevy going. Right? Because yes, they might not be as efficient, but we can fix that problem. Mm. We can fit modern fuel injection and catalytic converters to them. The reality is the energy's already been spent to make it. Yeah. Right, Building these new cars, adding more plastic. My, my old Chevy, I don't think there's anything plastic on it. And y- <laughs> your car, Very little. The the dash, (laughs) that that little piece of plastic (laughs) in the dash, that's about it. That my mate put his knee through the other day. Oh, tragic. So, you know, and and I believe that the plastic that they're made of is completely different to the polymer that we use now, you know? So it's just really sad that the millennials... I went to that rally on Saturday hoping that I would hear something fantastic. And, you know, I really got the impression that these young guys that love saying things like... Steady on, boomer. Sorry, mate, I'm not a baby boomer. I'm an ex-gen. We're different. right? It's like a, you know, XA and an XY. Completely different. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they want to make all this trouble, cause all this grief, create all this noise, but they don't actually know what they're doing it for. Mm. You know, I, I tried to ask him, and I've reached out to them and said, you know, would you like to come on the radio? Would you like to have a chat about this? What do you want to see done? And mm. they, they don't want to answer the question because they don't know. Yeah. Now, that begs to, to ask, who are the people promoting them? Who mm. are the people funding them? Who's paying for Greta to get around first class? Yeah. Who's paying for that? You know, putting a tax on carbon, I don't understand how that's going to fix the environment. That's only going to profit certain individuals which is exactly the problem that we've got now yeah you know if we were being smart we would mine iron ore and we would mine gas but we would make steel in Australia instead of shipping it to China and then buying it back think about those ships they run on bunker oil it is the dirtiest filthiest most polluting fuel that you can find it's basically warmed up bitumen right and it chuffs black smoke like columns like you think rolling coal from those diesel drag cars is bad no you haven't seen one of those ships running on bunk oil So, for our listeners that are
1: interested in in this sort of thing, let us know what you think as well. I mean, we're going to have a varying scope of opinions here. I think, actually, to be honest with you, I think most of our listeners will agree, but I I may may be speaking a bit openly there. But um, let us know what you think. Um, As I said, we've done the sums, and, um, yeah, it's quite astounding to see.
2: So, when you see someone driving a Tesla or an iPace or a Leaf, just remember they're ripping you off. Because they're not paying for the roads.
3: Mm. Oh, don't worry, <laughs> I know someone that just bought a t- Model Three, so I'll go tell them. <laughs>
1: all right, on the note, we're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Nick from the Talk and Power podcast. You can catch us every Saturday morning from eight thirty a.m. to ten a.m. on eighty-eight point five FM. We talk all things motorsports. Okay, episode 77 of the Talking Power podcast transmitting on 88.5 FM and also iTunes Stitcher, where you can get us as a podcast. Or go to our website, www.talkingpower.com.au Lots happening at the website, actually, which we'll talk touch on a bit later. Talking yeah. of um, ProMod, some rule changes that have come about this season. Now, a lot of them were probably touted to be happening in... Um, that they already knew, but there's a lot of safety uh, rules that have come out as well. The one I want to touch on is basically... Um, centrifugal superchargers are in. Now, I don't recall... Have centrifugal boilers been part of Pro Mod in years gone by in iHRA? No. I don't recall that either, no, but so I didn't want to say if it, it was
2: <clears throat> If you look at the history in the iHRA days, they started off pretty much all as nitrous combos. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, John Shelby was really the guy that that formulated the blown combo. But back, back in those days, the engine had to be the same brand as the body.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: Um, so it wasn't, you know, the rules morphed over time. Um, and, yeah, as the turbo guys uh, started banging on the door and, and saying that they wanted to be... Part of it they're allowed in and I guess the same things happen with the pro charges. Yeah, the thing is though with anything like this You know, you're trying to keep parity Uh pro charge combos are a lot like turbo combos that they they are uh, You know not as good in the first half of the track as they are in the second half of the track. Mm. Yep Um, and now that the those part numbers they've listed a heap of part numbers, uh, uh for approved um, gear drive units. I mm-hmm. uh, just had a quick look. They're actually to suit the different blocks oh, Okay. So that's a Brett Anderson, TFX, Noonan and traditional style big block Chev Yeah, okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yep
2: Yeah, so they'll have a fixed overdrive I imagine and uh, I guess they'll do the rest of it with weight
1: yeah, the other one that snuck in there, they haven't said it, but well, they have said it, but it, it's a 960 cubic inch increase in nitrous as well. So I don't know, I think it was 920
2: or nine hundred 30, 30, was it? 930, but I mean, I, that's, that's a weird one because they didn't have a limit at one stage. They were mm-hmm. 2,400 pound minimum weight, Yeah. Um, no cubic capacity limit, which was the old uh, Australian top door slammer nitrous rules as mm-hmm. well. Yep. So, um, yeah. Look, it's uh, it is what it is. You're gonna see guys uh, whinge, and rules get changed. Um, the blown guys always seem to cop it, um, and the turbo cars did cop it a little bit this season. But yeah. Um, yep. You know, I. You know, it, it is to me. Kind of when you have this type of situation, it's not about um watching cool cars go fast down a track anymore because you know if you're smart you'll have one of each of these combos in your trailer mm-hmm. and then depending on the, what the air's like on the day that's the one you're going to pull out
1: yeah yeah
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know nitrous combos work better if you've got really uh a humid um hot conditions because the the um the humidity allows you to put more nitrous in it. So you're bringing your own atmosphere in the, in a bottle, basically. You know, that, that night that Stevie Fast went fast, um, he, he said that the, the ambient conditions just allowed him to put more nitrous in the combo. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, the, the turbo guys, I guess when the air's cool, uh, makes a big difference because they're, they're governed on boost. Boost doesn't take air density into account. Mm-hmm. Uh, superchargers you can't you don't have that luxury yeah you'll make more power when the air density is there but um it's only a fixed amount because it's it's only moving x amount of air yeah so yeah i, I think uh, the nhra has got a big job already and uh it's going to be interesting to see how this affects it but like all decisions you can guarantee that pro charger tips some money in <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's happening. Yeah,
1: the other change in Pro Mod as well. There's a number of rule uh, safety changes done. We're not going to get too bogged down in that, but also the schedules changed a little bit. There's new stops in Chicago, Brand and Dallas. Now, when they say a new stop, it reads me, lends me to think that they've never gone there before. But I can, I can tell you, I actually went to that round in Chicago. 2000, yeah, Chicago yeah. in two
2: thousand and five. They've, they've they definitely had, been at Brainerd. Yeah,
1: yeah, and no, well, I've been to Brand. Of those, of those three tracks, I've been to two of them, and I don't. But I don't think Pro Mod was that branded that year I went. They certainly were in Chicago the year I went in 05. So, how many anyway, anyway, rounds now? Twelve. Twelve. Same. Sorry, yeah. same as before. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, that's really there. You go. There's that's the rundown there. So Gainesville, March 12th. So that's basically the weekend after the World Series, and then they kick off. They kick off from yeah, Florida now um the other thing yeah as i mentioned before come some rule changes in terms of safety we're not going to bog down in that uh, too much but there was uh, some significant changes that uh ricky jones the chassis builder and um jerry bickle have sort of suggested that it's been about ten thousand dollars um required to update some of these cars to the latest to the latest spec in terms of safety
2: yeah the tunnel they have to run a tunnel now covering the transmission um that wouldn't have been a cheap exercise the pneumatic switch the master uh, switch that if you lose air pressure it kills the motor i think that's a good idea because how many times have we down been down at the drags I was and, and up, I teams guess. have forgotten to arm their chutes so not all vehicles but most of the modern ones use uh, what they call air launchers which are basically a um uh, an air cylinder uh, charged with Uh, usually CO2 Mm. to uh, shoot the parachute out at the back so the traditional older cars like mine we've got a great big spring Mm. uh, which is you know it's I wouldn't say it's dangerous but it's sketchy when you're um, packing the chute and loading it into the the uh, uh, bag um, because you know you're fighting against this spring and then you sort of you know manipulating the cable and so on to to lock it in Uh, the more modern cars you pack the chute up you put it in the bag and then you turn the air on and the air cylinder pushes against the back of the parachute Uh, I've been down there on numerous occasions where the crew have forgotten to turn the air on now uh, I think it's a great rule Uh, so they've got a master switch now that if the air is not on the the car has no power the thing is though many teams here that I've seen they have a separate valve so you can have the air on in the car but the parachute can still be oh, isolated yeah. yeah so anyway it is I'm sure the NHRA uh, you know would have that nutted out so I think that's a good rule. I think the head restraint rule uh, that's probably to help get this the driver out in, in if there's a you know an accident. Uh, the mechanical uh, tap, Uh, for the fuel system so that you can mechanically shut the fuel system down. I think that should have been in place. Yours has got that, hasn't it? Yeah, anything that's got mechanical injection in Australia has to have it. And for years, a lot of us have been arguing that EFI vehicles should have it. Uh, You know, so this is all stemmed from America Enders fire. Mm. Now, the the, uh, fireproofing of the uh, fiberglass or carbon fiber front ends... Um, top alcohol bodies in America have to be fireproofed, and they have to be SFI tagged with the fireproofing. So, um, you know, I mean, look, these are million dollar teams. Let's let's face it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, Joe Bloggs that runs down at the local track isn't going to go to an NHRA event and qualify. Yeah. So, it's, that's a good segue,
1: Simon. But he can. New rules also will allow. Uh, basically, you don't have to qualify to qualify in NHRA anymore in Pro Mod. Um, anyone with a car and can can come in and be part of the the field now. So that's that's a rule that's changed this year as well.
2: Yeah, anyone that's got a big checkbook, yeah, big those guys, big,
1: large <laughs> checkbook, large huge. I don't think many of the guys talking about the safety changes were, were necessarily talking about the dollar value. I think it was the time. Uh,
2: time constraint. Yeah, man.
1: yeah. It was it was kind of bought out late in the
2: year. And yeah, but most of these teams are full-time. Mm. You know what I mean? That's all they do for a job. Yeah. So, yep. you know, yeah. it's not really that big a deal.
1: Yeah, so anyway, that's what's been happening over in NHRA world in ProMod. Speaking of ProMod, we, we have to shout out to John Zapier. And also Daniel Gregorini.
2: At the 4th of January, those guys ran. John Zappi went 558. 558 in Andra slash uh, whatever the other organisation is, Legal Trim. That's right. Now,
1: that's correct because now he, at the SummerSlam, he has to run. You were saying this last year, he has to run in Andra Trim.
2: Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. So previously. The Summer Slam rules, which is the, the events that they run at the Motorplex, the Door Slammer class they run at the Motorplex mm. uh, during the uh, West Australian season, basically just said it had to have two opening doors and a supercharger, pretty much. Um, so And Zap didn't find that out until the last event because uh, Ray told me about it because I, I I don't think he wanted us to run in... Radial, I think he would have preferred if we ran in SummerSlam. And I said to Zap, you know, we could put overdrive here. <laughs> so mm-hmm. It came as a bit of a shock to him. But the powers that be um, decided to change that for this season. And uh, it is to the Andra rules. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, the Andra rules have been changed. The old Andra rules did not allow automatic shifting whereas the, the new Andrew rules do. Uh, so, you know, it's still not the old door slammer rules. Zapp's yeah. car, as far as I know, on that 558 run, I don't know if he had the three-speed or four-speed transmission in it, but it's still got a clutch pedal, mm. and uh, it's still got a planetary-style transmission in it. So... Um, you know amazing when you consider he's not running the five speed with the converter and the lock up Mm. and you know the uh electric shocks and you know what what a lot of the other teams are running unbelievable um big improvement from gregorini as well Mm. Um, but i think that the standout of the night i mean obviously zap's run was definitely the standout run of the night uh was the um, uh, nostalgia nitro funny cars 560 side by side runs that's uh, incredible for those guys isn't yeah it? so yeah. so they put on a hell of a show anyone that went down there got a really uh bargain priced entertainment package because yeah. it was 25 dollars for the ticket mm. and uh aside from one pass from one nitro funny car they were side by side flames lit all the way down the track all five second passes So uh, and yeah, an incredible field of local door slammers. Uh, Gregorini into the 560s. Yeah, 65. That's a PB. And uh, a couple of um, wild runs from a couple of out of control cars. Mm. Uh, I believe uh, the. yeah it was an epic event from what i can yeah. understand so that was uh, andrew Catavatis and as uh, rory taylor you're
1: referring to there or well, rory rory's yeah, car. matt abel matt abel was Matt able yeah, yeah yeah was steering so congratulations to those guys it's great to see and it's great to see that speaking of the motorplex we need to talk about just top fuel quickly top fuel is back guys todd you and i are going to miss it
2: <laughs> yeah oh you're going to
1: race for wars, yes but um, Sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, no, we,
2: we're. Uh, well, I mean, if we're going to miss one. Sorry, right. you can watch someone's replay on Facebook or something, <laughs> I guess. It'll be no, it not won't be the same. You're
1: not, not allowed to anymore.
2: Not allowed to you're film not allowed it. A live stream. Not allowed to live stream, no, no that's right. That's you're fair allowed, enough, but. You're allowed to enough. film it and. Um, Don't
1: be like that, Todd. You gave me the look then. Well, I know I didn't. Well, AFL, exactly the same. We so had this launched. conversation. I think
3: on the podcast, didn't we? Yeah, or or I, fair. I, I or know.
1: both. Question without notice. Simona De Silvestre's departure from supercars, good or bad? Because I think it's... I think she had talent, but she was in a Nissan Altima that my wife's car would have been quicker around the track. <laughs> <laughs> or the Camry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly think that she was not sold a dud. but And I'm not having to go at the Kelly Brothers. I, I just think
2: they gave her what they had. But she was in the wrong car.
3: Yeah, she was side up the river.
2: I, I think that circuit racing, and, uh, you know, there's, there's listeners that are going to disagree with this, but I think circuit racing traditionally um, it frowns upon women being involved. You know, we, drag racing is the only sport that I can see championships. And motorcycle racing is another one that's coming mm-hmm. of age in that department. Uh, but, you know, when you've got... People like Bernie Eccleston saying women cannot drive Formula One cars, that's sad. Mm. That's really, really sad, you know, because I would expect better from someone at that level. Yeah. But it seems that when you're at that level, whether it's AFL, Formula One, whatever, there's that mindset. And that's, that's the sad part about it. Um, I've never seen that before with the motorsports that I've been involved with because we just don't have that mi- mindset you know yeah yeah it's it you know and it's sad that they're they're the uh the people that get the big dollars Mm. they're the ones that pull in the big sponsors so that tells you that there's a lot of male chauvinists involved in these sports Mm. and you know if they've got the opportunity to cash in they will um but the reality is that that they think well this is you know this is just a waste of time really yeah it's something
1: that doesn't sit right with me to be frank with you and, and simona's departure from the sport i think was a, a travesty really and I, yeah. I, I wish someone would come back or
2: and that we get another i think she had talent surely there's a local yeah that's, that's you, you know what i mean say, i mean yeah. you go to the go-kart tracks there are women that compete mm. you know and you know, the, the, the problem with circuit racing in general, uh, once you get out of the grassroots, it really comes down to how rich your parents are. Yeah. And, and that, that's, it. that's a yeah. very, very sad fact. And that's why I was attracted to, to drag racing because I could put together a competitive package by myself mm. and go out there. And, and we did for, you know, a long time. We raced with junk yep. and, and we won and we had fun, mm. you know.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, obviously at at the uh uh, group one level it's not like that particularly like with top fuel um but you know the 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 group three level you certainly can Mm. you know uh, yeah but yeah circuit racing i guess the street uh car series is a lot like the group three series but i mean once you're outside of that you know yeah anything yeah anything that gets tv is um millions of dollars mm. yeah
1: all right look on that note we'll take a short break here and we'll be back to wrap up the talk power podcast episode 77 right after this okay talking power podcast episode 77 coming to you on iTunes stitcher Spotify and Wherever you get your podcast from, or the www.talkandpower.com.au website, which you've you've seen a lot more. I think there's going to be a lot more content coming through there. Yeah, and I can also announce.
3: Here we go, drum roll.
1: <laughs> Simon and I've been. Todd, this is new. You know, I haven't yeah, even told gonna... you about it. this. Means Simon have been talking about it. We will have an online magazine debuted on the website. I thought we were setting up a car club. So no, re- that re- too. Enjoy our cars. We no, do. that too. That's, that's, the, that's, that's apparently job. my
3: job. So <laughs> yeah, I'll get on onto that. But yeah, the online Todd, Todd is the
2: president of the Talk and Power Car Club. Uh, we're going to have events every day. And we're going to, uh, the events will be all over Perth. Everywhere. Everywhere. Every street, every road. Yeah. So
1: submit that. So,
2: yeah. So yep. if, you're, uh, if you're thinking about taking advantage of uh, this new uh, 75% reduction in uh, the cost of your registration, get in touch with us. We'll uh, send you out some forms. You can sign up. Yeah. 75% discount to
1: cruise. We cruise 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 that's right. days
2: a that's, year. That's right. That's right. We cruise. We cruise anyway
1: um moving along uh, big news look i don't know there's no easy way to say this and it's probably a little bit i mean it's gonna be it's gonna sound a bit rude no matter what
2: way i put it try this, using your mouth
3: <laughs> yeah try using words so i
2: actually scribbled it off
1: the, we are a
3: podcast try yeah. using words <laughs> yes that would help <laughs>
2: supercars <coughs> drop uh
1: Pukukowee. now did you know about this
3: I remember seeing a rumor about it last year. Again, no, it home. was
1: very late in the season. Now, what what's happened? This this amazes me, right? So, <laughs> what, in, what? drop what? They they actually uh. having to <laughs> drop. They were having to move the ANZAC Day event from uh, Pukakoe. Sorry, to
3: it's the track in, oh, to, okay. in New Zealand. Okay. to
1: Hampton Downs. Now, <laughs> did someone do <laughs> their research. There's a thing called the Auckland Unitary Plan which does not allow you to conduct sporting events of those types on Anzac Day. Well, that's now, pretty fair. I think it's fair enough, too. Oh, hell yeah. I think it's fair enough. But...
2: You know, this <laughs> is they just... Did no the, check this? Like, did they this say... This just the supercar management being... Anzac Day, who cares about that?
1: No, no, I think they are promoting it as the Anzac Day feature, but... Now they've had to move it to Hampton Downs, which is luckily just down the road, and they do not—they uh, do not uh, abide oh, me, uh, by gonna Auckland qu- Unitary
2: plan Hampton Downs. But they race whenever they want. Those guys—they're going to—they're going to kick off the event during the the ANZAC <laughs> ceremonies. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> just to really slap everyone in the face. Hey, look, mm-hmm. the AFL do it, but so let's not—we won't go too hard. On yeah, the but the AFL—they—they
1: they play on ANZAC Day. I know, but the awesome.
2: AFL—that's a tradition. That that game between those two clubs is a tradition. Yeah. That's you know, that's well, been going for a long time. I would argue that they're building the tradition. I don't know. I no. thought it was a bit little a little
1: bit disrespectful, but I thought it was even worse. Like who who's there? Like when they when they work this out at Christmas time they say, Oh, did you say Anzac Day? I thought you meant A Z Day. <laughs> like, what are they thinking? Like Of course, like I cannot believe that the the organization both the track and supercars anyway i'll put a line through that speaking of supercars scotty mclaughlin what can we say about him did a test in an IndyCar, car turned a few laps quite a few laps in roger penske's IndyCar, car impressed from what i can understand and fueling that fire that he he will be on the move in 2021 Remember we spoke about it last year? Yeah, yeah. We said that Anton Di Pasquale was more than likely re- yeah. replacing him. Fueling that fire, Will Brown has been signed for 2021 at Airbus to replace someone. Now, Davey Reynolds has a 10-year contract at Airbus, so it's not Davey Reynolds.
3: Oh, ho. Oh. Honest. Another you look s- really interested. <laughs> Another <laughs> side <laughs> note. Um, I'm not going
2: to... Are they I- going to check the valve lift on his <laughs> Indy car? yeah. <laughs> Well, he owns IndyCar.
3: No way. Yes, you said I'm,
1: that. Um, okay. does. <laughs> yeah. He owns IndyCar
3: now. I'm going to give a small plug to supercars at the moment. Just a small one? A small one. It's because about what I deserve, yeah. <laughs> um, Nick will testify to this. They've actually really stepped up their free online videos at the moment. Like YouTube, they have a little event wrap-up after every event. They have a lot of videos over the break of what's going on, the new cars for the new year. I'm pretty impressed. Um, actually up there with, I'm going to name, Street Machine. They have really come to the forefront of online media in the last year. Like, they've just, pushing content out. Hmm. And better late than never. Who? Well, Supercars and Street Machine, but in this case I'm saying Supercars. Um, yeah. i just like to say a little bit of praise that... I mean, It actually has got me interested a tiny bit in Supercars again, because I can get my two and a half minute fix and go, oh yeah.
1: You got a Foxtel subscription. You can watch just about every race any any well, yeah,
2: time. Well, yeah, but I, I, I didn't realise <laughs> that, that uh, someone fell asleep at the other side of the desk. Just, so, been, just so "This, this is just, this is what a NASCAR fan that's Australian no. looks like." <laughs> <laughs> that hurts. This is uh, do you. You don't live in a trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I'm getting there. Have you got a, a Chrysler with a? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the simpsons Dixie ep- flag on the roof <laughs> do you
1: remember the D- simpsons episode where he goes more oh, interesting a picture of a ford urinating on a General motors yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i um i uh
3: could not care less yeah we know no
2: i just I, it doesn't doesn't appeal to me like it used to when it was uh group c because yeah the cars are so far removed from production cars and it it really um it's not sports sedan sports sedan is cool sports sedan is hell cool yeah. right and it's not production car racing so what is it mm. um even the early uh like e ed eb yeah eb ed uh vp mm. era Uh, had some credibility, because you had double-A arm front suspension, which is what the Fords came out with, versus McPherson strut. You had the Holden or Chev engine versus the Ford. They were... It was componentry there. H-patterns. And they were H-patterns. They were. They were H-patterns, yeah. They were Mm -hmm. H-patterns. And
1: in fairness, those cars were also built from... A
2: body yeah. shell, yeah. yeah. And they were... Not like whatever the hell they're building now. No. Where they just... I mean, it's basically a door slammer for going around... Yeah. <laughs> yeah going around, around the corners. Corners, yeah. yeah. Uh, slowly.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it's got, you know, one-fifth of the horsepower of... <laughs> Cool slammer.
3: Speaking
1: Sorry. of supercars, we need a shout out to Thomas Randall. We had a t- uh, a cancer scare last week, and he is he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Testicular cancer. I just want to talk about this now briefly. The the incident rate of testicular cancer in young guys under that twenty five year bracket is is on the increase. If you're a young guy, you feel that something's not quite right, get yourself checked out. I personally know. A young guy going through it right now, not Thomas Randall, someone else, a lot closer than uh, than him, and um, he's only 23 years of age. Uh, very similar. Um, we're wishing both those guys a very speedy recovery. So, big shout out to those guys there. Hey, Motivation 34 was on the weekend. I know you guys didn't get down there. I got down there. It was um, look. Uh, motivation thirty four it's it's not what it used to be I, but I think everyone knows that. I don't think there's any hiding that it's not the event that it once was. I am amazed by how many cars are out there that are purely built for just burnouts.
2: It was amazing to see the cars well, events events yeah burnout events yeah well, like, G- events in general yeah like power crews and yeah you know ninety uh, percent of the converters and transmissions that we do at the shop, are for events cars now Mm. they're um it's not you know purely drag racing uh and yeah most of them are for unregistered vehicles so that was the other thing i was about to say 90 percent of the cars are unregistered
1: so these are cars that are not not getting around on on a rego they're getting that they're they're cars
2: built for just and you know we're not talking you know ten thousand dollar builds we're not talking a a barra swap we're we're talking uh you know like quarter of a million dollar cars yeah at, with no other purpose other than going to events like summonats western nationals power crews uh the um uh what's what's the uh, the barbie one that the oh, west coast Nats. west coast nationals yep. which is now kunana as well yeah um yeah it, it which kind of gets back to what we started talking about this this reduced regio. um that's how much people you know don't give a shit about about the wa rego laws now Mm. they'd rather just you know what i'm not going to register it Mm. so really the state government is missing out on millions of dollars of revenue Mm -hmm. by not having those vehicles registered yeah my only criticism of the event was this, that, that
1: a lot of the cars out in the, the in the pit area could have really come into the top, the, the, into the pavilion. The pavilion was quite empty, and I felt like a lot of those guys were, uh, I don't know why, what their reasoning for not coming into the pavilion. Uh, access in and out of the pavilion is very easy. If you want to participate in the cruise or the burnout, the, the, um, the Chev, the 50 Chev. The, oh, no. you, you have to get selected to get into the pavilion. Yeah, but I felt that that criteria needs to be expanded upon. I think that really, there were a lot of cars out there that were above and beyond, that that could have easily gotten into the pavilion.
2: I, I don't know how it works now, but at one stage they had formed a committee and the committee uh, was influencing the direction that the show went. Uh, so I don't, like I said, I don't know how it's it's worked out now. I think the emphasis on show cars uh, has gone, really, to be honest with you. Caught up with... A gentleman that
1: you will recall, Todd, Ian Wood, I don't know if that name is familiar to you, Roscoe McGlashan. Spoke about Ian, caught up with Ian Wood. We did an interview with him. Lovely fellow, owns Banshee now, or what was previously known as Aussie Invader 4. Uh, He'll be participating in in the Jet Car Night of Fire on the 4th of February down at the track. So that'll be a great event. Yeah, Yeah, sorry, 1st of Feb, 1st of Feb, that one. So looking forward to that. Let's catch up with Ian right here okay i'm here at motivation 34 and for those listeners that were listening to the roscoe mcglashian interview that would have recalled uh, him talking about aussie invader four and a gentleman by the name of ian wood who now owns the car i'm actually here with ian wood Ian, thanks for joining us on the podcast yeah no problems hey ian we're just standing in front of what was formerly known as aussie invader four it's now called the banshee can you
0: tell us a little bit about it well as i said it's uh, basically exactly as roscoe went and raced it um uh, Roscoe actually sold his two um, jet cars, the Aussie Invader 1 and 4. He sold it to a guy called uh, Graham Slap in Queensland. And he actually, back in 2002, he ran the cars up until 2014. And uh, then uh, Aussie Invader 1 was sold to a fellow in uh, Panama, uh, Jim Nielsen, and I bought number 4. And so uh, when I came over here, I was looking for a name for it, and uh, I realised that the engine actually originally came out of a, an aircraft called the F2H Banshee. And I thought, well, that's a good enough name, so that's why it's named Banshee. It's good to actually have the car back in Western Australia because it, it's when we think Roscoe McGlashan, we
1: think Western Australia, and it's good to have number four back here in in Western Australia. And Roscoe spoke with uh, you know he, he spoke quite highly of you, and it's quite and he was quite proud to have the car back in Western Australia.
0: Oh, that's nice, Roscoe. Yeah, he's a you know, a real living legend in uh, well Australian, West Australian, and Australian motorsport. So it's. Uh, it's great to uh, see that he's, um, uh, he appreciates bringing the car back, but uh, he's been very good to go and get along with and uh, he's given me some information and history on the car and, uh, yeah, you know, it's a top vote, uh, um, yeah. Now, Ian, tell us, we can see this
1: car in a couple of weeks at the, the 1st of February down here at the track. Uh, can you tell us a
0: little bit about that event? Yeah, well, that's the, the Night of Fire, so um, I, I'm not sure of the full events and stuff. There'll be us... us um, with Banshee down here, there'll be um, Peter DeWitt down here with Iron Horse. Um, I believe there's a lot of fireworks and a lot of other bits and pieces that make a really entertaining evening. So uh, yeah, we're just hoping to be able to put in a few more runs. I've got some new tyres and we're screwing up the um, uh, fuel control to go and see if we get a little bit more speed out of the thing because um, Peter's car, uh, although we make a little bit more power than Peter's car, this one's uh, almost twice the weight. So we've got a you know, big handicap when it comes to the times, times. Hopefully we can make up for that with uh, you know, a bit more noise, a bit more fire and a bit more of a show. So yeah. As we know, jet
1: cars aren't really about winning races, it's more about the show and it's more about the, getting the young kids down to the track as well. So I, I don't think we mind with win, lose or draw, we, we we just
0: like seeing the fire and the noise as well, don't we? Yeah, well that's the main thing for it, yeah. But, um, yeah it'd be nice to put in some good times, but uh, yeah, the, the I think the fire and the noise and the, the popping and the banging and the... Uh, you know, the launch and the shoots and stuff is sort of what the kids and everything like, particularly the younger generation love. So yeah, we're, just said we just see we can put on a good show for everybody. Yeah,
1: I'm sure you will, and we all have fond memories of Gary's truck as well, the jet truck. So jet cars have a special place in Western Australia. I mean, we
0: have a we have a strong following and a strong um, legion of, of jet cars that came out of Western Australia. Yes, that's right. Yeah, you're uh, talking about Gary's uh, jet truck. That's still in WA and. Uh, um, Daniel, I know, is uh, spending quite a bit of time trying to get that back going. They're having some, some issues getting the uh, fuel control and a few other things sorted out on it. But hopefully in the near future they'll have that one out as well and that'll be something really spectacular to see.
1: Most certainly, most certainly. Uh, any other shows you do with the car or is it just that one
0: once a year here? Oh, no, we do a few other ones. I haven't done any for a couple of years, but, uh, for a year or two. But we did, um, uh, there was a show on at uh, Barbagallo's. we did that. We went down to Collie when they were running it down there in Albany um a few other shows and things like that um, but um yeah mate of late it's really just been the motorplex and stuff that we've been coming down to to, to run a few shows each year so yep I uh, look so for our listeners if they want to find more information about the banshee where, and yourself where, where can we can find more information do you have a website or a facebook page well not real. well i've got a facebook page that's just ian wood but um i've got to sort something out and put up a web page and a, a facebook page about banshee and stuff because we do get a few people asking questions about it so um yeah
1: yeah well look i mean they can come down and see it in the flesh i guess rather than see it over the internet come down on the first of february down here at the Perth motorplex or and uh they can see you in action in the car in action look
0: Ian, thanks for joining us on the podcast we really appreciate it we wish you all the best not a problem thanks very much cheers
1: Okay, episode seventy-seven. I'm worked up, a bit worked up. Hopefully,
2: my car's charged up. <laughs> 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 On that note, guys, is <laughs> that we're going to do an electric Camry? We should,
1: shouldn't we? There's lots of things that I want to do, but there's just. <laughs> I
2: know
3: the tech around for one. For I, a
2: d- I like the idea of doing an electric Camry because we're going to burn more CO two. And, and we'll be able to tell people, no, no, it's EV. It's
3: good for the environment, this one. Talk to me after the show. Trust me. <laughs> and speaking
1: of motivation, just quickly, long live the Ford six-cylinder. I've never seen so many... Oh, yeah. No, hey, you laugh. didn't just say that, did you? <laughs> did you... You know how many six-cylinder, blown six-cylinders were out there? Ford. Todd, Oh the, like. Uh, I, know,
2: I know one. I did the trans on it.
1: <laughs> oh, was that the blue Falcon? The blue EB? EA? That's oh, no, got a
2: big blower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's the
1: one that, that that's uh Nelg Taylor. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I
2: don't do the I do the converter on that. Oh, one. Okay. There was another one with a barra. That's got a single cam Nelg's oh, okay. Clean's. Yep. Clean. Yeah. 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 How did he go? Good? In the burnout cop yeah, it yeah. was magnificent. You do cruise. go to the supercar rounds though, so mm, yeah. i I'm just saying. I'm just- On that note, (laughs) we'll close this one off. We'll see see you around, guys. Thanks for coming in. See you on the street.
0: Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.